How's everyone doing today? You can leave it. Thank you. It's a beautiful baby dedication. I think the best part was when he commandeered the mic, you know. <laughs> I'm like, I told Pastor Jeff in the back, I said, man, you are a pro, because I'd have fell apart. I'd be like, okay, you could just take it. I don't, I don't even know what to do or say. Uh, he clearly doesn't want to hear me talk anymore. Uh, no. Let's pray real quick. Lord God, we just come into you right now. We thank you and we praise you, Father, for just another opportunity to be before you. God, we just pray that you would touch our hearts, our minds, our ears. Lord God, help us to hear your voice. Um, Father, I pray that I would decrease, that you might increase in me. Let your Holy Spirit have its way to do its work. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And we all said, amen. So <clears throat> today, um, we, we are coming off of a pretty awesome series talking about unity and being unified. And today, what I want to talk to you about is just another opportunity for us as a church um, to be unified in, in, in one more area. Uh, and I know this, this area sometimes can cause tension, but before I even jump into it, I want to ask you a couple of questions because I believe this is going to set up where I'm going and you will understand where I'm going and it will take away the opportunity for the devil to, uh, plant seeds or or uh, build on things that have been pre-existing in our lives. So, how many people here have been a part of, not been a part of, benefited from, uh, say, a church giveaway? Anybody here? Yeah? Uh, my family, we benefited from a church giveaway some years back. Um, there was a gentleman that worked for Huffy, and the church was doing something for kids. And uh, my kids ended up walking away. Each one of my kids ended up going away with a brand new bike from Huffy. And it was a blessing to us because we have five kids, <laughs> you know, and it was like, whoo, that was five bikes I didn't have to try to purchase. Uh, so that was a blessing. Um, and, you know, a number of times I know friends and family members who have benefited from the blessing that the church can be and I believe should be. Um, how many people here have been a part of one of those events where, you know, you've been giving out and, uh, you know, supplying things for people? All right. All right. Um, another time me and my family were a part of doing something like that. We went to the church that we 
were kind of sent out of uh, in a good way, you know, not, not sent away, given the boot. <coughs> uh, we used to do something called free day. And initially when I first started to do it, I thought to myself, man, free day, like I just didn't, I didn't even like the sound of it at first. And it was because of experiences that I had had uh, with people um, growing up, you know, you call free day and, and everybody wants something free, even if they don't need it. It's like, I'm about to go capitalize on this free thing because it's free. And you can't knock anybody, you know what I mean? I'm not, this is not me getting on those people. It just, when we first started talking about doing it, it kind of gave me a, you know, just standoffish type of uh, attitude. But as we got into it, and we began to do what we were doing, man, the blessing that I felt throughout that day, it was crazy. I mean, we had a resume building. We had a, a guy who was professional, set up a table, brought his laptop out and a printer, and he was writing resumes for people, printing them. And then my wife had set up a tent and she was doing haircuts. You know, she even called me over to do a couple haircuts. I, I know, I know. But, uh, you know, she had not yet experienced the African-American hair. You feel me? <laughs> she was like, Dwayne, Dwayne, I'm going to need some help with this one. And I'm like, okay, I got you, I got you. Um, you know, tighten, tighten the kid up real good. You know, he had that military buzz but you know it's okay you got a free haircut I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding um but it was it was very enjoyable to do these things and I mean there was I mean I could go in we went we gave away so much stuff and to to top it all off we were able to give away a car right we were able to give away it was a used vehicle but uh it was it was purchased and then we had mechanics in our church who went you know over it two or three times so you know it was in good shape ready to be given away and people there were people who were blessed by this and at the end of that event I thought to myself man there's nothing like this let's you know I'm game I'm ready to do a free day again next year uh, because of the blessing that I got, and that's selfish, I know, but the blessing that I got from being able to give to these people, and I mean, it's, it's in the word. The word itself says it is better to give. You will, you will receive a blessing uh, just because. So that's, that is what all of this is that I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about giving. The title of my message today is uh, "Let's Let's Talk About Giving," um, or "Let's Talk Giving." And I opened it that way because it is not my goal to reach in anyone's pockets to get your money. As a matter of fact, let me say this for clarity purpose. Because when I, when I did the unity message, I did not, <laughs> did not preface with something like this. And I'm going to say, we here at the Body Day, and we are good givers. We are. 
there's always work that can be done, you know. Um, but overall, I would like to say that we are good givers. But I don't want us just to be good givers. I want us to be great givers. I want us to be givers. Uh, I want us to be supernatural givers. You're like, what? Is that even really a thing? It is. And by the end of this, I'm going to show you how. So there's going to be a lot of scripture, and I'm, I'm, going, to try to, I'm, going, to, I'm going to try to get through this quick. But I really want you to know that the reason we're talking about giving is so that we, as a church, can be a blessing to other people. I'm going to already, already, without, without taking an offering and without completing this message, already we as a church have already took steps toward giving beyond these walls. We picked out four, I think maybe five, four or five organizations and we gave. We took 10% of what came into our church and we gave to these organizations. I think it was right around, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting right down to it. I want you to know because it's your giving that made this possible. That's a blessing. I'm saying to you that because of your giving, we as a church were able to not just think about ourselves and what we owe, but we were able to give outside of these walls. I think it was somewhere around $625 each organization. Something like that. Is that right? $685.75 for how many organizations? Four. Four organizations we were able to give and be a blessing to those organizations. We already work with some of those organizations and some we don't. But we were able to give. What does that do for us as a church? What does that do for us? I'm gonna get into that. But I wanted you to know that I'm not asking you for more money because we need more money right in this moment. I'm telling you that we've already taken steps to do something that I believe as a church we should do. And if I'm going to be completely honest, we're doing it because we want to benefit from it. We want the blessing that comes with being a church that gives. Again, I'm going to make that plain for you. So wh why do we give? We give because that's what God has called us to do. And you know, you hear the question sometimes, well, why does God need our money? He doesn't. Well, then why does he have us give? I've got scripture. In Psalms 24, verse 1, this is the Amplified version, if you want to Travel with me there. I'm going to be in the Amplified version most of the time, but with the exception of one time, and I'll be in a, a New Living Translation. But we're going to be in Psalms chapter 24, verse 1. It's just one verse, and it says this. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it. The world 
and they who dwell in it. Period. The earth is the Lord's and all of its fullness. That means everything in it. And then also they who dwell in it. So that means you and me, our children, everything we own is all the Lord's. That's what the word is saying here. Then if you go a few more chapters, chapter 50, Psalms 50, verse 7. This is where I'm going to be in the New Living Translation. If you want to change the, the version on your U version or uh, just so you'll know, if you're reading along, that I am not in the same version anymore. It says this, Psalms 50, 7 through 12 says, Oh, my people, listen as I speak. Here are my charges against you. This is God speaking to Israel. Oh, Israel, I am God, your God. I have no complaint about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly offer. But I do need... I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. Pause. This is God speaking to his people. I have no complaint about your sacrifices, your burnt offerings that you constantly give. I'm not complaining about what you give. But I, I need you to know, right, I do not need the bulls from your barns or the goats from your pens. If he was speaking to us, he would say, I don't need the money from your bank accounts. I don't, I don't need that. For all of it, here he says, for all the animals of the forest are mine. All the 401ks, the stock market, all of that, all of that is mine. The yin, right? The, 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 I can't think of all the different types of money out there. But they're all, they're all mine, he says. And I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird on the mountains and all the animals of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For all the world is mine and everything in it. If I needed a dollar, I, I wouldn't come to ask you for this, is what God is saying. And he's not saying that to you like, you know what I mean? It's not that, don't take it that way. I think he's just really trying to let us know so that we don't have to feel a certain kind of way. One time, a, a, a friend of mine, well, I don't know how you want to say this. But it was just, it, I'm, not, I'm not saying any names, but okay. So early on in ministry, um, you know, for the first few years of me doing ministry, I, I didn't take any money from anybody. You know what I'm saying? And when we finally made the decision to begin to take money from the church, uh, we noticed that some, there was one person that just never gave. And we weren't upset or angry or anything like that. And later the conversation came up and we were just like, we were sitting and we were like, hey, like why? We were just curious. And they said, well, 
I didn't want to start giving um, and, and make you begin to count on my money. And then if something went wrong, then you would lose out on my money. And I was like, wow. Okay. Like, I, I kind of understood that. This person was young. It was, it was a young adult, okay? New to taking care of responsibilities and everything like that. And so they were like, I just, I didn't want you to be dependent on my money and then something go wrong where I didn't have it anymore to give. I can, I really truly understood that. My heart even broke for that person because they really thought I would depend on them. And I was like, okay, we've obviously got something very wrong here because I don't depend on you. I depend on God. I.e., I've been living just fine without you giving. <laughs> um, but I want to tell you, I, I told them, I said, I want to tell you that you are hurting yourself by not giving. And then I commenced to kind of give her a backlog. Oops, I just said her. It wasn't her. I'm sorry. I won't say anymore. I begin to give her a backlog, not because I wanted to destroy her, but I, she had come to me for advice a, a many of times. And this was one of those times that she couldn't figure out why it seemed like everything in her life financially was a disaster. And it really was. I mean, she buy brand new tires for her truck. And a month later, they all be flat. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm, you think I'm playing. It was crazy stuff like that. Like, and I'm not, don't get me wrong, but it was just like, you hear the Bible talk about the moth eating. This was, for the first time in my life, I literally seen the moth just eating everything in her life. And, and I, I was like, listen, I said, we don't depend on you, and you can continue not to give. I was like, but please hear me when I say, you are hurting yourself. Do not continue to do that. She listened. She listened. I'm grateful that she listened. It took her some years. She listened. But can I tell you today, and I'm talking a mound, a mound of debt. Can I tell you today, she is debt-free I'm talking college, all of it, everything paid off, debt free. And I'm, I'm like a, a vehicle that was like, whew, like, man, she was upside down, inside out. It was, it was rough. But today she, and she came back and she said, man, oh, I was so confused. And I was like, you know what? It's okay. You're not anymore. But let's continue to look at this word because we just have to realize, we have to realize that God doesn't need us. And for those of us who depend on him, we're not in need of, we don't depend on each other. We depend on him. What? What does that mean, Pastor Dwayne? Because without me here in the sanctuary, you wouldn't be able to do anything. That, that's, 
That's not 100% true. I'm trying to free you up here. I really am. I want to free you up here because I want you to know that, yes, money does come out of your pocketbook. But if it doesn't come out of yours, it can come out of somewhere else because it's God who supplies the needs. Yes, he uses us to do it, but if, if he can't use you, he will use somebody else. So that should free you up to not feel the weight that it's you that has to do this, right? All you have to do is be obedient. God says, Kelly, I need you to give a dollar. And you're like, a dollar, God? Okay, there's a dollar, God. God's like, God bless you. And then some random person calls up and says, Pastor Wayne, I feel like God told me to give $999. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a weird number. He said you already got the other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I, that may seem silly to you, but I'm trying to set, uh, I'm trying to free you up to understand that God will do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And he can because it's all his. He's just looking for people to be obedient in doing whatever they're asked to do. Let's continue to look at the word of God here. Acts 20, verse 33 through 35. This is back in the Amplified, Acts 20, 33 through 35. And it says this, I coveted no man's silver or gold or costly garments. You yourselves know personally that these hands, and this is Paul speaking, <clears throat> Paul speaking. Ooh, had a, I know I had a 16-year-old voice crack there. I have went through puberty. I'm not sure what happened there. <laughs> I coveted no man's silver or gold or costly garments. You yourselves know personally that these hands minister to my own needs and those of the persons who were with me. In everything I have pointed out to you, by example, that by working diligently in this manner, we ought to assist the weak, being mindful of the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed, makes one happier and more to be envied to give than to receive. Now, if you notice the first, these first three scriptures that I read to you on purpose were doing three things, two things, really. One, letting you know that God does not need, right? Like, understand what I'm saying. He doesn't need our money or our things. He needs us to be willing to give them up but he does not need them because if we're not willing, someone else will be. Number two thing that I wanted to, you to get out of these first three scriptures was Paul is speaking to the people that he is doing ministry with and for here. And he's basically saying, which I want you to know I'm saying, 
I don't covet anything that any of you have. I don't need it, with the exception of maybe Eddie's truck. I really do like that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Who here doesn't? He's not here. So I can say that. No, I'm joking. But what I want you to know is, is that we here, we work hard to get what we have. And we've been doing that for years. Do you understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> Just like Paul said right here, I have, in fact, been doing what I've been doing to be an example, right? That by working diligently in this manner, I, I want us to help the weak. I want us to do for other people. Now, let's get to the actual teaching. Because hopefully I've got you freed up from any thought or seed that's been planted by the enemy to get, have you thinking any other kind of way to, you know, really know that there is purpose in understanding giving. And there is purpose in giving itself. There are four ways that I'm going to talk to you about giving. Four ways. If you are a note taker, you're going to want to take notes here. Number one. There is giving alms. Number two, there is giving tithes. Number three, there is giving offerings. And number four, there is grace giving. Four types of giving. I see some of you faces are like, hmm, haven't heard of a few of these. I, I guarantee you that everything that I'm going to say to you today is all going to be from Scripture. It will be on the board. I mean, the you know, I just went back to school for a second. It'll be here <laughs> on the screen, and you can pull it up on your device. There are Bibles in front of you in the pews if you're a Bible reading uh, I mean, book reading person. Jeez, Pastor Jeff, I need some help here. Uh, all right, we're going to speed through this because I don't want to have you here forever. I mean, we, man, I'm not even going to just stop, Dwayne. Okay. Now, where in the world did I come up with alms? Alms for the pool, please. Uh, sorry, I just had to say it. I had to say it. <laughs> Alms for the poor. <laughs> okay, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, before you pull it up on the screen, I'm going to share with you out of the new, I mean, out of the King James Version, because that's where it comes from. And you will recognize some of it, and some of it you're going to be like, what? But check it out. It says, take heed. That ye do not your own. Okay, stop. I'm sorry. Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Okay, I know. I'm not going to continue because I know most of you know that scripture. Maybe a little bit more. Therefore, when thou dost thine. Okay, I'm sorry. I just, 
Man, we used to read like that all the time. And somebody might watch this and be like, I still read the King James. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, that's the King James Version, and it talks about alms. But what alms are is good deeds. Let's go and look at the Amplified Version. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 through 4, in the Amplified, it says, Take care not to do your good deeds publicly or before men in order to be seen by them. Don't do it so that you can be seen by someone. That's not your purpose. Otherwise, you will have no reward reserved for and awaiting you with and from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, whenever you give to the poor, do not blow a trumpet before you. As the hypocrites in the synagogues and in the streets like to do, that they may be recognized and honored and praised by men. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward in full already. But when you give to charity, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your deeds of charity may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Alms is, alms is considered anything given to relieve uh, a situation in like great need. You know, I, I always hate to say like poor people, you know what I mean? Like, it's okay I can say that because I'm poor, okay? Just so you know. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just, according to my daughter, I am. I'm just... She tells me all the time we're poor, so, I mean, hey. No, seriously, though, <laughs> my wife said, you're rich in his love. You're right. Listen, alms is anything that is when you're, when you're giving to charity, okay? That's what this is saying. It could be money. It could be clothing, right? It could be shelter, um, God expects for us to look for needs to meet. He expects for us to be looking for people who are in need of these things and then us to meet those needs. Here, though, is where we sometimes falter. And again, this is an opportunity for us to be free of some thinking. That's all I'm trying to do. I am trying to, uh, Romans 12 says, right? Renew the mind. We should look for opportunities to help. And sometimes we think to ourselves, well, I don't have it, so I can't help. And it's because you see such a great need that you figure if I can't meet that full need, then I shouldn't do anything at all. And that's not always the case. We go and we help at St. Vincent de Paul. Sometimes, you know, it's showing up and it's being there to play with kids. I think other times we've, uh, fed them 
And I don't even know if that was all our food or if it was food that was given to us to give. Like, I'm not even sure 100%, but I know that we went and we broke bread with them. We've given clothes. We've given book bags and school supplies. We can't meet every need there, but we went to go do something. Now, I understand some of you are like, well, Pastor Wayne, sounds like you're shouting from the rooftops. No, no, no. I, yes, I'm telling you, but it's because we as a body are the ones doing it. Well, I wasn't there, but your money was. Your prayers were. Maybe it was simply an idea. Maybe it was you knew where to get the best deal for the book bag. I'm not really, the point that I'm making is, is that we together as a body are the ones doing this. I'm not taking credit for it. Olahana and Courtney are not taking credit for it. We, the body Dayton, are the ones that are doing this. I want you to know that so you can take ownership of it, so that you can know what you do, so that you can know what your giving does. Because sometimes we don't know. And so that you can know that your little bit can be turned into a lot because we all work together. God expects for us to look for the needs of the less fortunate and fulfill them as he leads us by his Holy Spirit. How do we know when to do it? Sometimes it's an unctioning. Sometimes it's a clear, I can see with my eyes, this is a need. I have a story that I got, I heard, and it, it talks about at a church where a few men at the church noticed uh, a family. And I mean, we, we, you know what? I don't even have, like, uh, no, I'm going to tell this story. I could tell you a story. We all know that we have our own story right here. I was a part of that story, but I'm not going to use it because I don't want to make this about me. I'm going to tell you a story about another family where the family was going to go on a trip And some of the men in the church realized that the family's tires were bald. They were balding. And so, I feel like everybody looked at my head just then. (laughs) I'm sorry. I need to just get off track. Okay. (laughs) All right. I'm sorry. So... The men noticed that the, the family was in need of tires. And so what they did was they privately came together and they purchased tires for this family, never telling the family who did it. They just did it because they knew that it, it, they knew it needed to be done. The family didn't even ask for it to be done. They were just like, man, this family's about to go on a trip. And they are, they, man, we don't, this is our family and we don't want them traveling on these tires. It's not safe. So we're going to take care of it. Again, if you're a visitor and you've never been here before, I want to tell you that we have our own story like this right here at the Body Dayton. 
So this isn't a story of, that I'm telling you because we don't do it. This is a story to show you that this is what God wants from every one of his churches, from his people in general. I am wanting to encourage you. I am wanting to incite fire in you that says, I want to do this all the time. It doesn't stop there. It can be buying a meal for a person that is hungry. How about buying coats for children? How about groceries? Have you ever been blessed with someone purchasing groceries for you? Have you ever been the one purchasing groceries? I have been blessed to be on both sides of that. And that makes me want to, desire to be the person to do it that much more. For you very financially frugal and smart people that say, man, I just don't know if I have it. Can I, can I venture out here and can I encourage you? Can I challenge you? Budget for it. Mind blowing right there. What if you budgeted, you know, right under gas? There's another line item that says giving. I want to be able to be going about my day and then God says, stop. You need to pay for that person's lunch. They look like they have more money. Than no, 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 that's not, the, that's not the response. You need to pay for that person's lunch. Most definitely not a problem. You know why? Because I budgeted and I have like $150 already set aside to be able to buy somebody's lunch. I hope their lunch isn't $155. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm a very frugal, frugal person. When it comes to money, you tell, my wife will tell you. You know what I'm saying? Like, whew, I will stretch a penny, you know? Um, but I've also learned that when God says do, I will do in a heartbeat. And it's not, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a collective of reasons. I know I'm going to be blessed and there's going to be a reward, but I know I'm going to feel good about it. And I know that they have a need and I know that I'm going to be obedient. And I know, you see what I'm saying? Like, I know that there's so much good that will just repeatedly happen out of this moment. That means what to me at the moment? Nothing. It doesn't mean anything to me, but what will it mean to this person? What seed will it spark for them? Every, yes. What seed will it spark for them? In, down the line and in the future, what will it mean for the people that they know? Who will they run into that they will decide to give? Come on. You know what? I'm going I'm to I'm I'm just really blow your mind here. Okay? If I go out to dinner and I have uh, George and Tammy sitting at a table far away from me and they don't know that I'm there. Maybe, you know, this is before we even come to know one another. And I'm just going to tell you, I hope you don't mind. 
They're basically rich, okay? No, just I'm, I'm just joking. I'm on a roll today. I'm on a roll. I'm just kidding. But seriously, though, like I'm in at the restaurant and I'm doing what I'm doing. And then something like God's just like pay for their meal. And then I pay for their meal. And then they like, what? Somebody pay for my meal. We, we, don't, need, we don't need anybody to pay for our meal. I, I don't understand. Like what? Well, that's a blessing. Thank you. And then they leave from that moment and then they find themselves somewhere along the line. And there it is, that seed that was planted. And Tammy's like, George, we got to give it all. We got to give it all because, <laughs> because that one day in the restaurant, that person paid for our meal. <sighs> and they can. You see what I'm saying? Like God just, God touched their heart so that they are willing. They, not only are they willing, but they are already able to be a blessing. Where that person at that restaurant spend what? 45, 50 bucks? Now, let's be real. The restaurant they went to is like 100. You know, just, <laughs> George told me about that steak. You know? <laughs> but it was nothing compared to the blessing that they are going to be willing to be and able to be. You never know. And why? Because I, as a very humble, you know, just an example, as a very humble person who, who doesn't make a lot of money, budgeted to be able to be obedient to God. Remember? Because that's where I was at. Let's budget to be able to do it. The next one. I got to move a little faster. You're going to like me for moving faster on this part right here. <laughs> Tithing, right? Tithing. What is that all about? Man, I've got scriptures upon scripture upon scripture, and I'm not going to read them all, but the scriptures, Leviticus 27 and 30, and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. Again, freedom. The money that you are tithing is already God's. You're, you're just basically stewarding it. You're managing it for him. You go to the bank, you say, or you go to your, your uh, 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 financial whatever, you know, I have Vanguard, right? I have Vanguard. I say, Vanguard, here's my money. And they say, okay, what do you want to do with it? And I'm like, well, I don't know. You do. Do something good with it, right? I just want to make sure that I'm going to have some later when I retire. And they're like, okay, Mr. Grant, we've got you. I should never go look at my Vanguard uh, account and see that, you know, they've been like having personal parties, with my finances. That shouldn't be the case. What I should see is that they've been putting it in this place, in this stock, in this growth situation, and my money is increasing and growing. 
But the thing is, is that when they put the money in these places, guess what? The money's not just sitting there. For those of you that don't know, the money is actually going to companies so that they can use it to run their business. If I'm wrong, somebody correct me. Isn't that the basis of it? If you don't know financial stuff, the basis of it is they're taking, oh, <laughs> she's like, you're giving them your money, you're saying take and disperse it. They're like, okay, so they take and they buy stocks or whatever. They put the money in these other places and then because the company grows, because they had your money to use to do so, then their profits grow, which means you get money. So if you give your money to God and you say, do what you will with it, he's going to take it, put it in other places, and the money is going to grow. Wait, what? He already owns it all. So basically, he's going to shuffle. He's just shuffling. You know what I'm saying? All right, I'm going to put this here. I'm going to put this there. You need that there. You need that there. Hey, I need a little bit over here. Okay, I got this. All right, you remember that time? Yeah, I need your over here. Okay, you got this? All right. And everybody's just giving, 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 giving. Until the next thing you know, we're living like an axe church. What? does that look like where all the people sold all their stuff and came whoa pastor Dwayne you're doing too much now all right all right I'm gonna back off I'm gonna back off I'm gonna back off back to tithing Malachi chapter 3 verse 8 through 12 I'm not gonna read it all but it basically says this you know what I, I'm gonna read it all. I have to all right because you got to take the good with the bad people always skip over the first part because it sounds so bad don't worry this isn't to none of you guys. <laughs> Will a man rob or defraud God? Yet you rob and defraud me. But you say, in what way do we rob or defraud you? You have withheld your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with the curse, for you are robbing me. Even this whole nation Bring all the tithes, the whole tenth of your income into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and, pro and prove me now by it, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven. Let me, let me say that differently because I always heard that growing up, and I'd be like, what? I just was always confused by the way it said it. Watch this. I bet if you give me that money, I'm going to prove you that I'm going to bless your socks off. Is that better? Like, do you understand that? Because when I read it here, I always bring all your tithes, the tenth, into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Prove me now by it, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive. And I will rebuke the devourer insects and plagues for your sake and he shall okay pause insects and plagues we are not farmers most of us right i know we got a little farmer in us <clears throat> but we're not growing stuff hoping to you know eat off of and profit off of that we make money we go to work we have a job we make money and so basically what god is saying is watch this i'm gonna make this real plain for you Okay, here he says, I'm going to rebuke the devourer, insects and plagues. They were growing stuff, farming and animals. We make money. So what would a devourer be in our case? 
A bill? Well, Pastor Wayne, we have, to, we have to do bills. Yes, we do have to do bills, but we don't always have to do bills the way that we do bills sometimes. What do you mean? Okay, how about this? Anybody here purchase a house? Okay, so those of you that have purchased a house, wait, those of you that haven't who are renting, it's okay, I'm gonna talk to you too. Those of you who are purchasing a house, you buy a house, you go in, you're like, Lord God, bless me. And he's like, absolutely. You're wonderful. You're a wonderful steward. You're a wonderful manage, manager of my finances. I'm going to make sure things will work for you. You go and say, I want to buy a house. And they're like, interest rate's going to be 50. What? I know. That's an exaggeration. But I need the exaggeration so that I can exaggerate the other way. And God says... No, it won't. And they're like, you know what? For some reason, you just look nice. It's going to be one. You see? I mean, it's drastic, right? And I get it. It doesn't always happen that way. But sometimes it does happen like that. I.E., me. Went to go buy a house. Again, not the richest guy on the block. But uh, we needed to move. And we just so happened to need to move right in the middle of the uh, I'm gonna call it the COVID house selling buying event, right? Double, triple your profits? Yes, if you're buying a house. No, if I mean if you're selling a house. No, if you're buying it, right? You know, hundred thousand dollar house now three hundred thousand dollars. Yes, if you're selling it. If you're buying it, that's horrible. God said not so. God said. $100,000 house? Hmm. How about 97? Again, that's not real numbers, right? But how about 97? In the market where everybody's tripling, I'm going to actually decrease it for you. Oh, okay. You get there and you're like, oh man, there's some things that need to be done, right? Because an inspector comes in and tells you, this is wrong, this is wrong, you need to upgrade here. You're probably going to want to get this done. And I'm like, I, I don't even know how. Uh, okay, right? And then all of a sudden you get a letter in the mail or you get a friend who calls you and says, hey, you know what? Green County's giving away money to fix stuff. How much? Oh, just enough to fix everything that you need fixed. <laughs> I will rebuke the devourer. Does everybody understand what I'm saying to you? I will rebuke the devourer is what God said. Okay. All right. I got you. I, I understand that. That makes sense to me. Let's continue this. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. He shall not destroy your bank accounts. Neither shall your vine drop its fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord. And all nations shall call you happy and blessed, for you shall be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. You are going to be a, you're going to be called blessed. You're going to be looked at as being blessed. People are going to be like, you're rich, even if you're not rich. 
Why? Because God has blessed you in such a way that it appears that you're something that you're not. But that you actually are because you are dependent of his. You come to the realization that I don't depend on me. I depend on God. So in that instance, when you've learned to be like, uh, 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 right? And it's just, you're like, whatever. And God's just like, uh, uh, uh. You're like, uh, and he's like, uh, uh. You're like, I can't keep up. I know, I know, I get it. Let's look, Abraham, Abraham, he tithed. Remember Abraham, he came before Moses, right? And Abraham tithed. Where in the world did he get that idea? He got it from God. And he began to do it before he even had to. Before it was part of the law, he said, this is what I'm going to do. And can I just tell you, before he did that, in Genesis chapter 12, I think it was like verses 1 and 2 or something like that, God said to him, if you will follow me and go where I tell you to go without me giving you direction, just go. I am going to bless you. And then I'm going to bless the people who bless you. And you're going to be a blessing upon a blessing to anybody that's blessing. And it was just going to be blessing on blessing on blessing. And Abraham was like, okay. And somewhere along the line, he said, you know what? I'm going to start to give 10%. For what? I don't know. I'm blessed. Because it's his anyway. I never had it until now. And now I do. I'm giving it away. To who? God. To do whatever he wants to do with it. Yes. It is good. If that doesn't convince you, you move on forward. And Moses, he seen it. Right? I think he got wind of it. And he was like, let me write this down. Not just because it was a good idea, but because God said, hey, do this. So they can understand so that they can be free. But you know, we hard-headed. So let's move forward again. If you're just not really sure, Jesus himself commended it in the New Testament. Jesus is like, the law is not really important now because I'm here, but it is still good. And so is tithing. That's the Dwayne version. It's there, I promise, it's, it's there. That's the Dwayne version though, just for the sake of time. He said that it was good and the tithe should be 10% of your increase. 10% of your increase. Okay, I'm gonna tell you something. You can work it out amongst yourselves. I'm gonna tell you what I do. Whatever comes in is what I consider increase. Is that simple? I'm sorry. I, okay, so <clears throat> I have a job. Um, for those of you, like, because, you know, I just, I'm used to doing this. I do it at my school. Not talk about tithe, but talk about money sometimes. So when you have a job, you have the gross, which is like, you know, that initial, uh, that dump, right? And then let's just say there's a, there's a, a imaginary line there that says taxes and government, right? So the money hits that line, and like only some of it makes it through. So when it makes it through, you have a net catching what is left or what is yours to keep, 
right? So the gross is the initial, the net is what comes after that line that they take money out of. So when you end with your net, that is not the total of what you made. That is what you had after the government got their piece. God's saying, I want what's mine. And what's his is all of it. So you give off of the gross and then let him worry about the net. That's 10%. Now, I want to warn you that when I talk about that, 10% is the base model. When you go buy a car and you know you want the best car, you don't go in and say, hey, give me the base model, please. No. You go and you say, hey, I'm looking up for a car. And they try to sell you everything above the base model until you say, give me the base model. Anybody here hear what I'm about to say before you answer? Anybody here just really want the base model? No. We really want the model that's got all the bells and whistles, but we can only afford the base model. So what if God says to you, I want you to have more than the base model? Do you want it? 10% is the base. Where I'm going next, I'm not going to move too fast. Where I'm going next takes you up a level. And where I'm going next after that takes you up a level above that. Everybody following me? So we're talking about tithe. Everybody know what tithe in? I'm moving on to the next. Quick question, just to stump you, make you a little uncomfortable. Did you tithe last week or this week? You don't have to answer that. Just pushing the buttons here. I am challenging you. That's what this is all about. But, I'm, but listen to me. I may be challenging you, but I'm, I am not. There are promises that back this up. Promises. And if you need proof, talk to me. I got plenty of testimony. Plenty of it. Okay? Moving on to offering. An offering is anything given above the tithe. Remember? Base, right? And then we go in offering. I've given my 10% and you know what? I'm feeling froggy. God told me one time, me and my wife, he said, I want you to give beyond what you can give. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, it's like give your 10% and then give over that. And then I heard a preaching and someone spoke and they said, you know what? If you, let's say you make $20 an hour, bless God. 10%, $20 is $2. Right. And and you're like, and Laura's like, what do you want to make? And you're like, man, what do I want to make, God? I really, really would like to make $30 an hour. Why don't you tithe that to me? You tithe your 10% and then offer up the other portion. You want me to give a whole nother dollar when I do offering? Yeah. I want you to give me my two and then give another, give another dollar. Hmm, God, I don't know about that, man. That's, that's real business. It's real business until you give that for a little bit. And then all of a sudden you realize somehow you got to $30 an hour. Ain't changed the job, right? Your boss just came to you and said, 
we're going to give you a raise. Is there anybody here that's ever had that happen to you? <laughs> I know somebody. <laughs> About 10 times over. I'm like, God, can I get, no, I'm just, joking. I'm just, joking. I don't, I don't envy anybody. I don't envy anybody. I don't envy anybody in here. Okay. <laughs> Telling myself that. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm being silly. Seriously though. Again, if you want proof, if you want proof, there are people in here right now who have experienced that. I'm going to give above and beyond what I'm expected to give because I know God will do something awesome. And then boom, there you are. Now you're giving 10% again. Whoa, wait a second. I, now, I need to up it again. I need to up it again. Why are you upping it again? Because, I mean, who wouldn't? Like, anybody here wanna stay at $20? Anybody here wanna stay at 30? Especially if God is saying, I'll give you more. Like, I don't know. And, and listen, we're not money hungry. Don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is, is that if you get this principle, then what you're doing is you're setting yourself up to be able to budget for a lot more giving. This is, oh, this is a principle. Listen to me. I am not, I am not one of those money preachers. Okay. Prosperity. I'm, that's not me. Okay, I believe there are some truths to some of the things they're saying, but sometimes I feel like they're too focused on it. This is the first time that I've really preached on money since, since we've been here. Okay? Listen, we're going to keep going. An offering is a free will gift. God doesn't set an amount. He may lay something on your heart, but it is not a press. Offerings go to things like world missions, building programs, church initiatives, right? Building funds, sometimes just a blessing, right? We're going back to the beginning, alms. That's offerings can sometimes land in that space. Those are still all different ways of giving, okay? Tithe, offering, Alms. Alms or good deeds. Good deeds or alms. Tithe. That's your 10%. And then offering. That's saying, God, I love you and I just, I want to give. And here we go. You guys ready? Put on your boots on this one. All right. Tie up the laces, lock in, you know, seat belts, all that good stuff. Before I do that, let me read one, let me read a little bit of one scripture, okay? Exodus 35, 5 through 10. It says, take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing and generous heart, hear me, this is Exodus. This is back when Moses was, was doing things, right? He was running things. He was the big story. Whatever or whoever is of a willing and generous heart. Let him bring the Lord's offering, gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet stuff, fine linen, goat's hair, ram skins, tanned, whatever. An offering can be your time. An offering can be financial. An offering can be whatever is needed. Let me finish this. Whatever is needed in the house of God, that can go toward an offering. Okay, that can be an offering. Let's, let's keep going. 
listen, before, we, we do VBS here, you know, and it's like, man, I got, a, I got a load of wood in the back of my yard and I ain't doing nothing with it. You know what I mean? Like, offering, you see what I'm saying? Like, I can't stay on it too long. I want to, but I can't because we're already over time and I apologize. And let every able and wise-hearted man among you come and make all that the Lord has commanded. Bring an offering of all this different stuff and let every able and wise-hearted man among you come and make all that the Lord has commanded. So do you hear the time there? Do you hear the timepiece? Your abilities? All of that is an offering. Let's keep it going. Last one, last one, and we're going to close out. Grace, grace giving. I got to read the scriptures on this one, all right? Because you won't believe me if I don't. Here we go. Chapter 8, verse 7. But just as you excel in everything and lead the way in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in genuine concern, and in love for us, See that you excel in the gracious work of giving also. That's Paul speaking to the church. We love to talk about faith. We love to talk, talk a good game and preach the word. And we love to have knowledge. We definitely want to have genuine concern. And we definitely want to love each other. But then it says, see that you excel also in this gracious work of giving. Second Corinthians chapter nine. Okay, gonna go one more verse. Chapter nine, verse seven through nine, it says this. Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. I'm going to pause and let that sink in because, see, some preachers want to skip over that. I, I want you to know, if you feel manipulated, don't give. If you feel like I'm manipulating you, don't give because that ain't the spirit that I want you to give under. Okay? Not grudgingly, you know, tight-fisted, or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift, whose heart is in the gift. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always understand all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him and have an abundance for every good work. Pause, I'm gonna read that again. And have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. What? I want you to give with your heart. I want you to give because you love it and you want to and it's what you want to do because then I can abundantly give you so that you can do everything I want you to. Every good work, every charity. As it is written and forever remains written, he, the benevolent and generous person scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. 
Grace giving is the goal for the Christian. Grace giving is when God supernaturally enables you to give. We're not talking about budget anymore. We've moved beyond that. We're not talking about what you have in your pocket. We're not talking about what you know you can afford to give up. We're not talking about that. We're talking about supernatural giving. It happens when God knows he can funnel money through you without you keeping it for yourself. The church that Paul was speaking to, they were able to give by grace in spite of the fact that they were some of, a lot of them were in deep poverty. They were in deep poverty, but somehow they were able to still give supernaturally. The average Christian's The average Christian looks at a budget and tries to decide, can I afford to give? The spiritual, I already, okay. We talked about the grace that God gives each one of us, yes? We all know that each one of us have different levels of faith, yes? Keep that in mind as I read this. The average Christian looks at their budget and tries to decide what they can afford to give. The spiritual Christian prays and asks God what they should give. Tithing is not mentioned in detail in the New Testament because God doesn't want us to do only what is required. He wants us to learn that he can work through us. He can work through us mightily. Example, case in point. There's Jesus living. And he said, I don't have a home. I don't even have a pillow to lay my head on. But yet, Somehow, he was managing to feed thousands. Is everybody with me? He managed to feed thousands. One time somebody needed money, he went over, picked up a fish, and pulled money out of the fish's mouth and gave it to them to give. Are you following me? Would that count as supernatural? A poor man with not even a pillow is giving money, feeding people, and doing things that requires money. Last question. Does anybody here think they can beat his giving? Does anybody here know what he really gave? He gave his life that trumps your money. He gave his life. There was nothing, 
nothing that would be withheld from him. Nothing. Let's attempt to meet that kind of giving. Let's meet grace giving and let's see what God does. If you're feeling up to it, if you're feeling froggy, put him to the test. This is one area, this is one area where God said, test me. This is one area where he said, test me on this. He don't want you testing him in any other area. Test him on this. He said so. Test him on this. If you need proof, get at me. I got tons of testimony. I got tons of testimony. There's a lot more that I would love to share with you about money in general. But let's start there. And then as the money begins to pour in, we can sit down and we can talk about budgeting and we can go into Proverbs and talk about wisdom and stewardship. You know, we can talk about not being surety to any man. Don't nobody want to talk about that. We can talk about a lot of different stuff, but let's try him here. As a church, unified, there's a reason why I preached this right after I talked about unity. Because as a church, let's be unified in the idea and the concept of giving. And let's watch God blow our minds here at the body Dayton. How about that? Can we just give God an honor, praise, because he's awesome? Thank you, God. God, we thank you. Thank you. Lord God, we just praise you for, for giving us such principles. Lord God, we thank you for giving us such hope. We thank you, Lord God, that we can, we can build on our faith with your word and, and receive blessings. God, I know that this is not your desire that we are concerned with or engrossed by money. And that is not the desire of us here at the Body Dayton. Lord God, it is our desire that we would be consumed with your heart. That we would be ready and willing to give at a moment's notice when you say move. So that we can meet the needs of the people that you have desired to meet the needs of. Lord God, we desire to be the kingdom of God. We desire to be uh, dwellers in and workers of the kingdom of God. Lord God, we want to tap into the kingdom fund, not for our own general purposes, but so that we can be a blessing to those who are in need. God, right now in the name of Jesus, I just pray that your people heard this message and they will understand and they will take a hold of it. And for those who have been blessed by people who have this concept, Lord God, I bring it to their remembrance. Help them to remember when you were a blessing to them via someone who was a giver. Help them to remember, Lord God, that it's you that has taken care of them. And if they didn't know, Lord God, today, let it be the, the, the brand new knowledge that it's you. It's you that provides for them. It's you that makes them blessed. It's you that calls men to call them blessed. It's you that gives them favor. It's you, Lord God, that goes before them to cause favor to be given to them by men. It's you. God, I pray that you would help us to understand, remember, and to realize 
truly take a hold of, that you are the owner of all things. There's nothing that is not yours. There's nothing that is not in your grasp. It is but a, a, a contrite heart, an obedient heart that you are looking for. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the enemy. I rebuke the spirit of poverty right now in the name of Jesus. I speak wisdom over your people right now in the name of Jesus. I pray right now, Father, that they would become wise about their money. Not so that they can hold on to it, but so that they can begin to budget in opportunities to give. But then I also pray, Lord God, for an increase in their faith so that they begin to walk in grace giving so that they can begin to trust and believe that you will supernaturally pour into their lives so that they can begin to pour out. In the name of Jesus. If there's anybody here that doesn't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I know that there's been a lot that's been talked about today. But if God has touched your heart today, even through this giving message, if God has touched your heart and you're like, man, I don't know what this guy is talking about, but man, I definitely want to know more. And I, I want to trust God with something big like this. If that's you and you want to give your life to Christ today, will you raise your hand? I won't call you up to the front. I just want to pray with you. All right. I'm going to pray with you. And you let this be your prayer. It, it, it's got to come from you. We can repeat prayers all day long, but let your heart speak your own prayer to God because he hears you. Lord God, meet them where they're at right now. Meet them where they're at. You've ministered to them today. They've heard your word. They may still need understanding. Lord God, as they ask for you to come into their lives and begin to live in and through them, Lord God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would give them understanding. Open their eyes to see you, see your hand and how you've been moving on their behalf always. And open their mind to see how you've got plans to move in their lives even more into the future. In the name of Jesus, I want you to know that you have to confess with your own heart that you really believe that he came, he lived, and he died for you so that you could know, understand, and have a helper to live a Christian life, to live a life for him. Lord God, I pray all this and I pray a blessing over your people as they leave today, that they would enjoy their day, that they would be blessed in their day, and that they would, that they would begin to see opportunities to be a blessing to others. And that we as a church would be a blessing. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And the church said, amen. Thank you so much.